0: We are live, it is January 6th, Sean Ross at Fightful.com here with Denise Salcedo, we're talking WWE Raw. I thought a pretty good Raw, Denise.
1: Honestly, I had a really great time watching Raw today. I thought from top to bottom the show was really fun, especially the top portion, the first hour, I thought just kind of hit it off, you know, starting off with Brock and going on from there. Uh, I thought it was really exciting.
0: Yeah, I was... I think it's been a pretty consistently solid show of late at the very least. Can I tie that to the fact that Humberto Carrillo is not on this show?
1: oh man you know for a second there i saw your tweet about umberto possibly being the third mystery partner i thought to myself that would be great just because i want to see sean ross sap go ahead and like freak out on air or do a reaction over it so i was actually hoping it was umberto after i saw your tweet
0: oh my gosh i would be livid Uh, i would be so angry i would be so upset i would not be able to tolerate that but all things considered, a pretty good episode of Raw, I thought. Uh, we had good uh, Wrestle Kingdom 14 shows this weekend, New Year's Dash. If you all want to check out all the fallout from Wrestle Kingdom, uh, myself and Jeremy Lambert did a night one and night two wrap up. It is on Fightful.com, FightfulPods.com, and here at YouTube.com slash SRS Wrestling. Still working on getting our original channel back, but in the meantime, you're right here. But Denise... Our our theme song show finally aired last week. The first ever "Listen, You Girl." People seem to like it.
1: I got so many responses on Twitter for that. Like everybody was just like reaching out to me about it, and I was like, "That is awesome. That makes me really, really happy to hear." So I guess we did a good job. That's yeah, always we're, nice. we're
0: gonna do more. I think that's gonna be like our official replacement show for "Listen, Ya Boy" and stuff like that from here on. I think that works really well. People people seem to like it, but. I liked Raw tonight. Let's go ahead and get into it. Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman come out, and they speculate who will challenge Brock Lesnar. Now, I do have some issues with some of the terminology here. Did Paul Heyman imply that nobody wanted to challenge Brock Lesnar? Because if so, that's a direct contradiction from later in the show. Or was he just saying nobody deserves to, Brock's doing this Rumble thing? It was it was a little confusing to me.
1: I actually understood it. I understood it as, okay, he's saying that, you know, he's listing all of Brock's accomplishments and everything that he's done. So that's why he's essentially saying like, oh, this man is essentially has no fear. He's going to go in to be, you know, the number one entrant at, in the Royal Rumble. So that's the way I saw it as. I saw it as, okay, he's hyping this guy up who has done all these things that people thought he couldn't do, that he couldn't beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania, and then he did. And so that's the way I read that whole thing. I thought that was great, by the way, th- from Paul Heyman starting it off with, you know, the B word and all of that, that caught me off guard. And then him just going on and listing everything that Brock Lesnar has done and kind of basically saying, like, he's not afraid. He's going to go ahead and be number one and so on. And last until the the end
0: resident Brock Lesnar expert Demon Diva says that he implied that nobody is worthy of facing Lesnar I I can I can take that so instead he says that Brock is going to enter the Royal Rumble and he's going to enter at number one now the thing is Brock is I mean it's, he's not a stranger to the Royal Rumble he's won one before he was in a couple years ago in San Antonio but uh, entering number one that's a bold move by WWE. I like it. I don't think he's gonna last all the way. Uh, he will, he will turn, uh, what was the name? Was it Veruca Salt from Willy Wonka that turned into- the- Oh
1: my gosh, the blueberry?
0: Yeah, he'll look like that by the time the match is done if he doesn't. Oh, blown up? <laughs> oh god, yeah. And there ain't nothing wrong with that. That's most people, but still.
1: I mean, there's ways he can get around it. I mean, if they really are, I don't think so. I think he's going to basically be, like, super hot at the top of the Rumble, get everyone super pumped, and then something's going to happen and he'll get eliminated. Um, But, I mean, if they were to do that, then he could just kind of do what everybody does where they kind of just lay out in the corner. But I can't see Brock Lesnar doing that at all. That just doesn't fit him at all. So I think – I don't know. I think he's just going to go ahead and just have, start off the rumble really hot.
0: I think the thing that bothers me the most about this one, there's a couple of things. One, a lot of people are speculating Cain Velazquez. We don't need to see that, man. That That's done. That's put over it, and
1: done with. It's, it's over with.
0: Put it to bed. Put it to bed, man. We don't need it. And the thing is, there's been no reason for Brock to have that title still. There's still no reason. He did not need it for Cain Velazquez. Uh He did not need it for Rey Mysterio. In fact, you could argue that The Fiend and Mysterio could have worked just as well. Uh If you're a stat... I mean, they, they want to go with The Fiend as a heel. There was just never a reason for Brock Lesnar to have this title. On the other hand, I think it just would have been so much more interesting to keep that money in the bank on him and not blow it right away. But... And then you almost have him trying to stack title opportunities because then even if brock is eliminated from the rumble paul Heyman can come out and say the next night like brock's pissed about this he's still got his opportunity whenever he wants it but he's pissed off about this he he wanted more he wanted everything and he goes after the person who eliminates him i don't think many people are expecting lesnar to win the rumble who do you think is the person to eliminate him
1: oh man I don't know it's funny because I was thinking how earlier it has to be somebody shocking and I know that and it's funny because on my Twitter mentions I think I had a few people that were like oh um that that, I think somebody was like oh it should be Keith Lee or somebody like that I don't know if it's gonna be someone like you know I feel like it would be best if it is somebody that you kind of like wouldn't expect to kind of get that like really hot you know moment um But I don't know, honestly. I think they could go so many ways with this. Oh, and one of the things I did want to mention, and I was actually going to mention this later, but now since we're on the topic, is that with the big show, I even thought to myself, why not have saved him until the Royal Rumble? Because you know every time they bring somebody in that you didn't expect, he's going to get a huge pop. He's going to be trending on Twitter for at least, you know, several minutes. So everybody would have been like really excited to see him come back. And I thought to myself, how great would it have been if big show was the number 2 entrant at the Royal Rumble and have him and Brock Lesnar sort of kick it off like that. You know, given the history of both yeah. of them together, like that would have been like a really like uh exciting start for the Rumble. But that's just me fantasy booking now. They were a top
0: match at Survivor Series like 17 years ago, like back in 02. They have a lot of history together. They they feuded the, with one The
1: ring breaking.
0: Yeah, that's of course the ring breaking one of the greatest moments in SmackDown history. Uh of course a lot of people saying Oh, so is, is the title on the line? No, it's, it's not. If they didn't say it was, then it's, then it's not. Quite frankly, that's just the way it is. Now, I know that a couple times, 1992 and I think 2016 was it. Yeah, 2016, they put the title on the line and all that. Roman Reigns defended it and then the year that they had, it, it was vacant. But I don't have a problem with that. Uh, I do have a problem with Lesnar just being in the match in general because He's a champion. Let him defend it. He did not need to have the title for this. I understand maybe that's to help get him a little bit more heat, but I guess we'll see how it goes. Uh We had the WWE United States Championship. Andrade defeated Rey Mysterio. I loved this match until the finish. I don't know what the hell that finish was, but these guys have had like 10 matches with each other, and they're always awesome, Denise.
1: Yeah, you know, well, first of all, this match was awesome i like how it felt you know they started it off right away really fast really got into it and all of that um it just for me like this thing makes me wonder you know um so andrade was essentially like the perfect base for ray you know ray's going off there doing all his flashy moves really getting over with the crowd and all of that and i feel that like you know as wrestling fans like you appreciate that but for the people that you know um are sort of you know maybe not for for a different type of audience, I kind of feel like if they want to get you know somebody else over you know another Mexican guy over besides Rey Mysterio, they need to give Andrade some time to shine, to do these flashy moves as well, so that the other people that are watching can sort of get him get into him and you know have Andrade become a bigger star. So that's how I felt with this match. I was like, this match was great, but I didn't think it did anything for Andrade in terms. And with that finish, it did it didn't do much for him at all. I think this match. I think had it been in reverse like let's just say Rey Mysterio was some sort of newcomer and this was the match that he had oh it would have been you know the perfectly laid out and all of that and then also had they done a match like this with Rey Mysterio and I know you don't like Humberto but Rey Mysterio and Humberto babyface babyface just going at it back and forth would have been a great way to also get Umberto over as well so but man this match was awesome Andrade was bumping like crazy for Rey it was perfect in that sense
0: yeah there was uh A spot where a body scissors victory roll over the top rope sends Andrade into the stairs. That was a little ambitious, but I I liked how they followed it up with the spinning DDT. They avoided doing the dumbest spot in WWE today, hanging up on the ropes forever. Ray dodged it. I loved it. There was a spot where Ray did, it wasn't a sunset flip bomb, although that's what he was going for. He went for one over the top rope. To the outside of the ring, but it was more of just a sunset flip, which only served to have him eat knees to the face. Oh, Ray, that
1: was perfect. I love that. I think that was my favorite part, actually. Because it, it kind of just came at you out of nowhere.
0: Yeah, it was smooth because, I mean, quite frankly, you could tell that didn't hurt Andrade. So when he followed up immediately, rolled through and hit those knees, it was seamless. It, it made a lot, a lot of sense that that wall wasn't there for Ray to slam. Andrade in with that move. It was just a really really a sunset flip, which is a pinning combination more than a move that really devastates you. But uh Ray gets the pin, but Zelina put Andrade's foot on the ropes. The match gets restarted. Ray does an amazing hurricane rana into the barricade, a code red in the ring. A 619 hits, but Zelina pulls Andrade out and Ray runs into her and gets thrown into the stairs. There's a weird finish where Ray rolls in the ring, then rolls out of the ring, checks on Zelina, comes back Dancer in, for a while. gets DDT'd. The finish was just awkward, Denise.
1: Yeah, like if they were going to do something like that, it had to happen faster. You know, we've all seen those finishes. Mm-hmm. Hey, someone gets, you know somebody gets her, usually a female, on the corner or something like that. And then, you know, he takes that as an advantage as the heel and gets the win. But the fact that Ray was kind of just, you know, for a moment, like, stalling and there was all this waiting around, I think that's kind of what caused the disconnection with that finish. Um, but, it you know, it was kind of messed up because that was a really good match. So to have that, you know, kind of take away from it, and have people talking about it. Cause a lot of people on Twitter were talking about it and it's like, that sucks because you know, they should be talking about, you know what a good match it was but instead we had to talk about that.
0: Yeah. That, that's a bummer. Uh, Andrade unmasks Ray who gets covered up with the towel and backstage later on, Ray beats the brakes off of Andrade. I, I assume that's what happened. I couldn't tell based on that camera work all over the place. It was miserable.
1: It was a bra, man. It was the, we, like the ev- it was everywhere. Yeah,
0: we, we don't see that out of Ray like that very often. I kind of liked it. I I thought it was it was a good adjustment for him.
1: I loved it. He's pissed off. This guy took his mask. Andrade obviously knows how important that mask is and, you know, a a luchador's mask, period. So that fed into that storyline perfectly. And, you know, he comes out and he doesn't care that, hey, that he's doing this, uh, you know, interview or whatever. Like, I'm going to come. I'm going to get my mask even if, you know, I have to come out, you know, without it, obviously. Like, he's pissed, and that's good.
0: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I I love it. I mean, it really conveys how important the mask is to Rey Mysterio. Mm -hmm. And... it shows you he's, he's I don't want to say standing up for himself, but he's standing up for for what's important to him, and I dig that. We have a lot yeah. of people saying, uh, even though Brock's in the Rumble, we know Roman Reigns is going to win it. Hey, a lot of people knew Roman Reigns was going to win it in 2017, too. He didn't. A lot of people knew that Daniel Bryan was just, they were going to give him that Royal Rumble win in 2014. They surely weren't going to have Batista win. There were lots of people who said that. There were lots of people who knew That anybody but Edge was going to win the Rumble in 2010, and he came back and did that. Nobody expected John Cena to be back in 08. You never know what they're going to do with the Royal Rumble until it actually happens. There are always you know, fairly educated guesses. I think most people expected Becky Lynch to get put in that match and win the Rumble last year, and it happened. Uh, But to say anything's a 100% certainty is just... Especially, especially when John Cena hasn't been creeping around for the last year. They could they could just easily, easily, if he says, you know what, I'm in for the Rumble. Well, you know what, maybe he wins the Rumble and maybe he's at WrestleMania. You just never know what they can pull together uh, really late. And we, we've heard a lot of crazy things that have changed. Money in the Bank winners have been changed like an hour before the show starts. Like, you just never know.
1: It's funny because I don't think I've ever correctly guessed who would actually win the Royal Rumble. I'll be like, oh, this is a guy that I think should win. Yeah. This is a guy that I think will win. And then it goes totally the opposite direction.
0: I think I picked Becky and Seth last year, Triple H in 2016. Reigns and Batista the, the, the years prior. Um, I think Cena the year before because he had to get to the Rock match. Those were pretty predictable, but then... When you ran into like Del Rio and Sheamus and Edge, those were a little more unpredictable. And Cena a couple years before that, uh, you just never know. WWE does a pretty good job of swerving people in that regard. But I'll wait to see how the field fills out, so to speak. We had the Raw Tag Team Championships. Viking Raiders retain over the OC and the Street Profits. What did you think of the floor routine by Ivar and Montez?
1: That was so much fun. I put that down on my notes as one of the highlights for me just because, you know, it. it's just one of those things that, you know, kind of takes away, like, you know, from, it, you know, instead of it being just a serious, you know, match from top to bottom, it adds a little, you know, something fun to it. So with them going back and forth with the cartwheels and all of that stuff, that was fun. And I, I even thought to myself, I was like, that feels like very AEW to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it did. But, Mon- yeah. Montez got hit with the Viking experience, but it got broken up. There were chance for the Street Profits, which is pretty impressive considering the Viking Raiders were in the ring. And the Viking Raiders always, I don't want to say always, they were getting chants uh, for a while. But Ivar's hot tag changes that. And they almost win the match, but Anderson, or actually they almost lose the match as Montez hit a frog splash on Eric. But Anderson tried to uh, break up the pin, or tried to steal the pin rather. Montez kind of gives the win to the Viking Raiders by doing his big toe on Hilo over the top rope. Viking Raiders retain with a power bomb and a big splash. How'd you feel about this match?
1: I'm happy that the Viking Raiders retained because I didn't want to see them lose. I think I said this last week, like they still have mileage to go with those belts and I didn't want to see them lose and I'm really happy that the Street Profits didn't get pinned because they can definitely obviously do something with Viking Raiders and Street Profits later on on a bigger show and, you know, kind of pull forward with that and make it like mean something, you know? So... I liked this match in general. Everybody got a chance to shine. Everybody did their thing. It was enjoyable. I didn't feel too long or too short. It was perfectly fine.
0: Yeah, I thought it, all things considered, it was it was fine. But out of, out of these guys and a six-person six match, I, I could have seen better. But, I mean, granted, nobody's going to accuse the OC of having, like, big five-star matches or anything like that. And the Street Profits – Montez is still a little bit green, although he's he's perfect for Monday Night Raw. This is okay. This is okay. Raw needs new tag teams. I like
1: yeah, I like that 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 Montez Ford that he always just like goes for it. Like whatever it yep. is, like you can see like whatever wild idea he has next, like he's just gonna go for it. However it comes out, it comes out.
0: And uh yeah, they just need more tag teams. Other than this, they got AOP and Hawkins and Ryder, and that's it. They need at least one more really good tag team over there.
1: Yeah, because right now it kind of feels like you can't, like there's only so many combinations of matches that they can have right now, and it kind of feels like we've sort of exhausted most of them, you know? So I just think that they definitely need a little something to make it feel more, like there's more options and variety.
0: I've been saying forever I would love a Shelton, Benjamin, Randy Orton, angry old man tag team where – They're like, we hate all these flips. We hate all this shit they're doing. Back in OVW, we didn't do any of this stuff. Even though Shelton absolutely did all that stuff. He did 450s that nobody ever saw on the main roster. But like, I I just think that their personalities would play off of each other really well. And if you put Randy Orton in any tag team, it's a big deal because it's Randy freaking Orton. And he doesn't do that a lot. He doesn't just.
1: Well, not only that. He's the guy that every time. I feel like every interview when people ask that, like, a wrestler, like, who's the guy you like working in the ring with the best? Who's the guy you like working with in the ring with the best? Most of the answers are always Randy Orton because he's always just doing the right things, you know? So he's, like, the person that I feel like anybody, like, different styles, whoever it is, they can work with perfectly fine.
0: That's a seamless transition into a little bit of a plug I have. I have an interview dropping this week. Uh, It's like a 7,000-word feature, like a 40-minute interview with a guy by the name of Chris Michaels who's done spots for TNA, WWE, WCW. He's in his mid-40s, still wrestling. He has an awesome story. He spent a lot of time in OVW. And he specifically pointed out Shelton Benjamin Randy Orton as the two people he liked to work with the most. He was an experienced guy. The Jim Cornette brought in and was like, "Hey, help these guys get ready. Help these guys get ready, and maybe there'll be a spot for you." It didn't exactly work out for Chris, but um, his interview is really something great. Some of you all actually might uh, recognize his name because earlier this year, his daughter like made a Becky Lynch website that I had tweeted out, and Becky responded to her, and uh, that's how I actually got in touch with Chris. And uh set up the interview and all that. He has a really awesome story. It's going to drop later this week. Video and text based. It's up now on FightfulSelect.com for all subscribers. But I've had a lot of you say that you want me to talk to more non-WWE, non-AEW Impact names and stuff like that. This is one that I had to talk to. I was able to go and talk to him and Larry D who just got signed by Impact the same day. And I think you guys are going to dig this story. might take you a couple sittings to to get through the article, but uh, definitely check that out. Share it because the, the more that stuff gets shared, the more these people will want me to talk to them and the more stuff I can get for you guys. So make sure you guys check that out later this week. Up next, we had Becky Lynch coming out. I hate baby faces saying, here's a video. It's so yeah. dorky.
1: Yeah, I feel like this is the third week in a row where I feel like this has been talked about because it's just, like, been happening, like, non- more consistently, I I think.
0: All the damn time. So Asuka comes out and trash talks her whole way there and then gets smacked down.
1: <laughs> I, uh, for, I gotta say this. I loved when Asuka was coming down and she was saying God knows what she was saying, but it was awesome. I was like, yes. This is what I want. And then she comes into the ring and then it's pretty much over downhill from there. I wasn't that big of a fan of that part, but I was like, okay, it is what it is. But either way, I just like, I'm excited now for what they're doing with Becky and Oscar. Like I feel genuinely excited about this.
0: Sorry, I had my mic muted a little bit. Um, Yeah, I, I I'm ready for the match and it feels like they're having trouble bridging the gap between now and the match.
1: Yeah, yeah, like they they still they need some some more some more storytelling, I think, in order to kind of get it to that next level. It's it's there. Like it's there. It has my interest. I'm 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 ready for it, but I think they need a little extra more to push it forward. And you know, if this who knows when they want to have this match exactly. If they want to have it, save it till Feels too long to be to WrestleMania, but who knows.
0: Mojo Rawley's backstage and he is great, Denise. He's so good. He's asking Rowan what's in the bag, what's in the crate, and Rowan's like, listen, if you don't tell anybody, I'll show you. <laughs> Mojo. I like how
1: he said please. He said please. <laughs> yes,
0: he was very polite, and Mojo looked in, and he jumped all the way across into a bunch of crates. I posted on Twitter that based on his reaction, how much he flipped out, I can only guess it's a copy of WWE 2K20 that he saw in that crate. And he was like, No! And, uh, uh, I, you know, I, I want to know what's in there, but there's no way it's going to be satisfying.
1: No, I think at this point I was thinking with his reaction and that was the reaction I expected to, I was just kind of like waiting for it. And then it was funny when he did it, Mm. but I was like, okay, maybe it's a dead hand, a head. I don't know. It's gotta be something gruesome now with that reaction.
0: So he crushes the jobber, shoves the jobber's head in the thing. And he comes up with, like, a bunch of red liquid. We can't say blood because we don't know that it's blood. It might be, uh, you know, pixie stick dust for all we know or Kool-Aid or something. Maybe, maybe it's Kool-Aid with, like, no sugar in it. And that's what's so horrifying because why <laughs> would you? You know what I mean?
1: i i have no idea i feel like there's only so many things that i could have imagined and it either is or it isn't at this point whatever it is it's either going to be super overhyped and fall of my expectations or just be something completely outrageous that i never thought of it could go either way
0: man well this sam roberts looking jobber runs away up next, AJ Styles squashes Akira Tozawa. I was like, "All right, cool, Tozawa and Styles, but this is a squash. I don't think they needed Tozawa in this spot, but hey, the guy's on TV. We see, yeah, and vi- he,
1: he was doing good. Like we've been consistently seeing him, you know, and you know, uh, but this, this, this one by so fast, like so fast, it started and it ended. And this
0: was to get AJ Styles over, and that's fine. Not everybody's always going to get over. This made AJ Styles look really strong. We see the video of him getting hit the RKO last week and he was mad about it. And that's what I like. He saw the video and it pissed him off that WWE would dare show that video again. He hits a phenomenal forearm and of course he's got the win, but he pulls up to Zawa, does Randy Orton's draping DDT and an RKO. I like that. I like that he did all of Randy Orton's stuff. I, I think it's, I think it's a nice little element. It's a nice way to, to add to this. And Randy wasn't on the show tonight, so it's like, okay, that's that's AJ sending sending Randy a message. You're not here. You can't stop me. So I'm going to do this.
1: Exactly, playing some mind games, keeping keeping letting everyone know that this is still happening, even when he's not there.
0: So did they announce that for next week, Randy Orton they and did. AJ? Styles. They did. They did. I have people yeah. asking me if I'm going to go to that. I, I'm not going to that. It's in.
1: Uh, I was going to ask you the exact same thing.
0: <laughs> no, if WWE hits me up between now and then and says, "Hey, come interview some of our people," then I definitely will. I'll go there. But I mean, even then, I would rather just drive home and watch the show personally. Uh, I went to I went to a show a couple weeks ago. I don't need to go to RAW honestly, but um yeah, if they hit me up and say here's some interviews, I'll go do it. But other than that. My ass is sitting at home. I'll catch another show. I think I promised myself I wouldn't go to another Raw. For Why not? Unless it was a special event. They're just so inconsequential when I would go. Well, oh, I yeah. say that. There was one time, like Daniel Bryan vacated the Intercontinental title and people were crying in the crowd. It was pretty wild because they knew he was going to retire eventually. But, uh, and just not, uh, no, no, not my thing. But my thing, uh, is definitely, all about watching this person who we thought was a fan hit the ring. It was not a fan. Did you see this?
1: No. Okay, so I missed it completely, and I found out on Twitter, and I was like, oh, man, I didn't see that, and, like, I didn't even see a video of it or anything. Oh, it's But it's, I read about what happened.
0: It's all over the place now, and uh, if my news team is watching this, we got to write an article on it. I've reached out to WWE to ask what happened, but – the, uh, the guy, the, the preacher, or whoever's uh, the officiant. The, the officiant, there you go. The wedding official hits the ring. And the thing is, we see him in the background while AJ's leaving. But the wedding official is just hitting his cue to get in the ring, probably a little bit early, because he doesn't know what he's doing. And security takes him down. Vic Joseph stops talking altogether. They cut to him for about a second. And then They they go to commercial immediately. After we get back from the break, they let us know, hey, that was this wedding official. Because, I mean, we saw it. At least they didn't treat us like we were stupid and that we didn't see it.
1: I'm surprised they acknowledged it, to be honest. I'm pretty surprised.
0: Well, they probably don't want people to think it's a fan because, you know, there are some websites that will sensationalize that stuff pretty heavily. This is not like... Brett Hart get ahead getting Get of it a,
1: a bit while you can.
0: Yeah, it's not like Bret Hart getting attacked, like that type of thing. It's just this the situation was calmed down very quickly, or would have been had there been a situation. This hypothetical situation was calmed down very quickly. Bret Hart didn't get tackled. Dash Wilder didn't punch somebody in the face. Travis Brown didn't come in there and big boot anybody. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Bill Belichick. Poor guy. Yeah, I felt bad for him, but it was so goddamn funny. It was so funny.
1: Think about it. Imagine he's like trying to remember what he's supposed to do. All these thoughts probably running through his head, maybe feeling a little nervous. And, you know, you're you're just you're going out there trying to do a job. And then this happened to you like that must have taken him out a little bit out of his game. You know, I just feel like I felt bad for him. Like if you put yourself in his shoes like that must have sucked and being like, guys, like I'm here. I'm part of the show. You know, who knows what he must have said. Just like, don't kill me right now.
0: And they don't have Lisa, the security guard anymore. The one that dealt with Enzo and kept Gronk from hopping the guardrail. She's gone, as far as I know. It has been for a while, unfortunately. But damn, man, that security's got to be a little bit quicker. Got to be quicker than that. They (laughs) couldn't stop that wedding official from getting in the ring. But they sure as hell stopped him when he did. So we come back from commercial and they let us know that. And we get another wedding, Denise. Woohoo! Are you excited? That wedding did no. big numbers for us last week.
1: Oh my gosh. Oh, that's awesome. I'm not surprised, honestly. But I I just kind of felt I, I feel like they don't know where to where to end it anymore. That's what's uh-huh. happening now. It's just like it's just draggy, but we don't know where it's gonna end. Like it has no concrete finale. Where is it gonna end? That's my question. Um, this was just it was what it was. On I, I, actually, I was expecting this to be a little bit more outrageous. It wasn't. It didn't live up to its outrageous levels that it has been doing in the past few weeks.
0: Yeah. So.
1: <laughs> and that green screen though from Rusev, I well, was like, guys, we could have gotten a moving photo, some some nice backdrops, but this like still image was like not having. I it.
0: loved how terrible it was. I love how terrible it was. Uh, Lashley and Lana are out to have an emergency wedding. They are still not happy with everything. And Rusev is in front of that terrible green screen. I thought it was so cheesy. It was great. But he plays the greatest hits of the wedding last week. And Lashley says, and I quote, next week he's going to rip Rusev's balls out and stuff them down his throat. Rusev says, next week the Bulgarian brood is back And I will do unspeakable things to you. How unspeakable do they have to be if they're more unspeakable than ripping someone's own testicles out, Denise,
1: (laughs) and shoving them
0: down your opponent's throat?
1: I have no idea. But – It also makes me wonder, like, why did they have to re-show us, like, the photos, the photo monologue, or, no, not monologue, like, collage, or whatever? Why did we have to see it again? We saw the wedding, like, three times on Raw today. So my thing was, like, we have to sit here and watch this photo collage go on.
0: Well, the wedding is WWE official. She is Lana Lashley now. Double L. -L -L
1: -L 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 We're getting this match next
0: week, so... That's uh, another match on the docket that I have uh, to not watch in Lexington next week. But after this, R-Truth is being interviewed, and Liv Morgan interrupts. R-Truth never gets his interview back. He just nods along like, wow, that sounds cool. Liv Morgan's there, and I thought she cut a pretty good promo, all things considered. Says that she'll be in Rusev's corner last week, or next week, because uh he needs some backup. With Lana in Bobby Lashley's corner. What do you think about this? Because well,
1: It's kind of confusing, because... I mean, we haven't been given a time frame as to when they were supposed to be lovers, Lana and Liv. Yeah. So was she secretly lovers with her when she was, you know, still with Rusev? So wouldn't Rusev be angry? I I, I don't know. It just, it kind of feels like, you know, she's forcing herself onto there, but shouldn't Rusev be pissed? Like, hey, you're with my woman, my I'm wife. would say,
0: Denise, if you're Bobby Lashley in that situation, you're like, You were hooking up with Liv Morgan? I'll take the L there. Let's make this work, Lana. Let's, (laughs) let's come to a compromise that everyone can just enjoy. That way feelings aren't hurt. Sometimes you just gotta, just gotta do what's best for everybody. And whether it's, whether it's Lana, whether it's Liv, I don't know, maybe Rusev and Bobby Lashley are going at it. Sounds like people are gonna need some blue chew throughout all these situations. I mean, we've seen blue tongues. We've seen all that. Uh, I don't know what the situation with Rusev's balls are going to be next week. But they are going to be in the city of Big Blue, Lexington, Kentucky. And it's not because of the Wildcats. It's because of Blue Chew, my friends. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know they work, but they're a lot better. They're a lot cheaper. They're a lot faster than those other guys. It's a chewable, so it gets into your system a lot quicker. Maybe you're maybe maybe you do want to go to Raw, but but you want to get one in before then. Blue Chew, you're ready to go. Maybe it's after Raw, that nine hour Raw. It'll feel like afterwards. You want you want some Blue Chew? You're good to go. Also, prescribed online, shipped straight to your door by Blue Chew affiliated doctors. It's discreet. Nobody's going to know what you're, what's going on. You don't have to call and, uh, make a doctor's appointment, show up at the doctor, then go to the pharmacy. It comes straight to you. Ah, oh, man. Bluechew.com. Get it for free using that code fightful Just pay $5 shipping. Hit them up at Bluechew. Let them know you heard about them from us. Go big blue. Ah.
1: Oh. I was about to ask you if Kentucky was really known for being blue. I was like, I've never heard of that in my life. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is it really a thing? The
0: Kentucky Wildcats. Come on.
1: No idea. Do you ever watch basketball? Not that much, no. Oh, my
0: gosh. It's a religion here.
1: (laughs) I'm missing out. I'm missing out.
0: Damn. Well, Charlotte's uh, wrestling next. But if you listen to Sarah Logan on Twitter, it's not wrestling. She says, I'm not wrestling anymore. She's fighting, Denise. Speaking of Kentucky, she is a Kentuckian, and she sure as hell is dressed like one. I mean, her whole thing before was that she was a sustenance hunter, and now she's wearing the camo. I think it's a good get-up for her. But my thing is, it really feels like they were just waiting until they brought Liv Morgan back to TV to make sure they could do something else with Sarah Logan. This is just speculation on my part, but it seemed like somebody was like, Well, you know what? We better not have Sarah start anything because we might have to go back to the riot squad. But now that Liz's doing something, they're having Sarah do something. And they did. She tore up Charlotte's robe, whipped her ass a little bit. Charlotte hit a hilarious-looking spear and then beat Logan's ass. What did you think of all this?
1: I kind of feel like they're just trying to find something right now for Charlotte between now and the Rumble because there really hasn't been every week we've been seeing her with against a different opponent, you know, so it kind of just feels like it's like kind of not like a waste, but it almost feels like, you you know, they don't even have to have her on TV if it's not something that's like really going to be beneficial to her, like something that they're going to first see, you know, continuously every week, you know, because I almost feel like the fans wouldn't mind, you know, having that break and then having her come back and be like, oh, yeah, like Charlotte's here, you know. And so it just kind of feels like it's just something from now to the Rumble until something actually sticks.
0: Yeah. And uh I could think of worse ways than helping make Sarah Logan a little bit yeah. more relevant. Like you need this. You cannot rely on the same four people and Alexa Bliss and maybe Nia Jax when she's back. You can't just rely on that. You got to make her That's other true. People. I mean,
1: this was gold for 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 Sarah, for sure. Yeah.
0: She hasn't been doing anything on TV in months. Like nothing, nothing of substance. I mean, did she make it into the Survivor series match? I feel like she did, didn't she? Oh man, I don't even remember. I think that her and Dana were in the uh Survivor series match and people were like, "What the hell? What how how did how did this happen?" Let me let me check. Yeah, she was in it. So that's really all she's done and nothing since then. So I'm I'm all for this. I'm also all for whatever Drew McIntyre's got going now, and apparently the entire crowd is too. This was the best Drew McIntyre as far as controlling a crowd I've ever seen in my life, Denise.
1: And it's been I- – I feel like last week I felt like he did good uh, or maybe even the week before that as well. Cause it's been like, we've been consistently hearing him on the mic now, but this one was, this was awesome. This was so cool. I loved everything about it. I just kind of feel like, you know, like we, the fans want it. He wants it. Like, let's go ahead and push him, you know, hopefully like fingers crossed. He's the guy that wins the rumble. Cause you know, I personally like it when it's somebody that, you know, that wins the rumble that, you know, hasn't gotten their moment yet and you want you, they need something to, you know, get them to the top and push them forward. And so this guy, I feel like is everybody's pick. And so for him to just like kind of go out there and just like really grab everybody, I thought was like gold. I love this.
0: This was exceptional. He beat No Way Jose's ass. Then he went out and beat out, beat up a member of the conga line. And normally you would think that's a heel thing to do, but nobody gives a shit about that conga line. Nobody. They're there to be beaten up. That's what they exist for. And the crowd is all behind him. He gets on the mic and he says, who wants to see me hit another Claymore? And the crowd is there for it. Big time. He says. I like
1: the part that he even tells. He even puts over the hamburger guy.
0: Yeah, yeah. So the level of star this seemed. He held onto the mic. He he did the promo. He said, who wants to see me hit another Claymore? He held the mic, did the claymore, then kipped up and continued the promo. That was so awesome. He says that he never got a world title shot, which makes me wonder. You know, he probably should have just went out and tried to beat Brock's ass early on. Maybe tried to go to match out of him, but I get it, whatever. But instead, he's entering the Royal Rumble, and already we've got Brock and Reigns and apparently AJ and Orton. I, I like it it's working for him. We talked about how a year ago, over a year ago, he was there. He was he was ready for a top level thing and they they did what they did to him and he fell off and I didn't know if he would ever recover. I think he's recovered.
1: Oh yeah. And it's and it feels more refreshing now too, especially hearing what he actually has to say. He's actually being given, you know, some sort of persona, something to say. And so all of that like it just like it draws you more to him and that's the that's the thing that I'm seeing that everybody Everybody, like I haven't seen any like one person on Twitter that's like, nah, I don't like Drew McIntyre. Like he's just like very likable guy because he has everything that you can possibly want in a pro wrestler, and you know he's believable and and I just I just feel like everybody wants to see it. I want to see it. So who knows if it actually will happen, but maybe.
0: Yeah, I'm of the belief you need to build as many guys as top level talent as humanly possible. In, in my opinion, the 2000. 2000- Era was great because you had Steve Austin coming back, you had The Rock, you had Triple H, Kurt Angle, The Undertaker, Mick Foley around the beginning of it. You had an emerging big show there. You had uh Chris Jericho who won the title on Raw but then lost to to Triple H. And then, of course, you had The Radicals coming up, and they were the underneath. They were the guys that were like right underneath there. You, you had so much. Everybody felt like they were able to show their charisma. You had a lot of top level guys, and that was on one brand. That wasn't like the brand split had happened yet.
1: And it was kind of like those situations where you would watch the Rumble and you would probably have like more than one guy that you actually had, you know, felt that, you know, he could actually win and take this home, you know? And, um, No, it's really interesting because, like, now, like, it's the same, it's different. Like, now you get a guy, he comes in, he's got a momentum going, and then after a few weeks, if he doesn't get over, it's like, it's done with, we never see anything further from him or a push for him or anything. It's all been forgotten about. Uh, You know, most recently we saw that with Ricochet, and I mean, we can name a few few others, but it seems that now you just have to, like, really, you know, keep pushing forward, and I think that's what we're seeing with Joe McIntyre.
0: No Ricochet on this show, right? Nope. No ricochet that, that I saw. I'm trying to think if anybody else was left off this show. I Not not really that stood out to me on the the men's side of things. I think it was just ricochet missing from tonight, but that's okay. I think absence makes the heart grow fonder in that regard. Uh, no Kyrie Sane after she had been sidelined for a little while. I think that's okay too because right now her co-tag team champion is in a storyline until the Royal Rumble. I like that. It can buy her a couple of weeks. Hopefully she's better. I really hope she gets better because I don't want to see them have to vacate those titles. But, um, yeah, I, I hope things get better for her as well. But those are really the only big omissions that I, I remember from, from Raw tonight. I mean, I'm sure somebody will point out, they'll say like Zack Ryder or something like yeah. that. But, uh, A person who I actually thought that we'd be talking about a little bit later, Alistair Black. I thought he was going to be the mystery partner.
1: Really? I actually didn't expect that one.
0: I did, because WWE is just woefully terrible at doing mystery partners. I thought that they would, because usually it's just somebody that's on the show. It's like almost always Ricochet or Carrillo or somebody evening the odds, but... They looked into the dark room, which we'll talk about later, and I was like, oh, it's Alistair. But instead, Alistair faces Shelton Benjamin. Now, the striking was good. I'm not buying Alistair Black out wrestling Shelton Benjamin. That's just something. And they were like, oh my god, he did it. And I'm like, yeah, and I don't buy it. Shelton Benjamin is an outstanding amateur wrestler.
1: I was expecting something totally different with this match. This match was not good. I didn't like, like it. It, w- it wasn't anything special. Nothing happened. Um, I thought, oh, Alistair Black and Shelton Benjamin, they're going to have a nice little match together. You know, I wasn't expecting something like outrageously amazing, but I was expecting a nice, solid, good match. And considering how the show was going, I thought that, hey, it's going to be good or whatever. And it just wasn't, though. Like, there- nothing special happened. I mean, Shelton Benjamin could have been replaced by whoever. It could have been Tazawa. It could have been anybody really to take that spot because just nothing happened there. Nothing.
0: Should have been somebody who works a little bit faster on the strikes and Shelton's never been a fast guy in that regard. He's been a heavy guy in that regard, throwing like big head kicks and dragon whip kicks and super kicks and stuff like that. It's it's one that you, you might look at on paper and say, okay, that's a good match, but then in execution, it's just not. And Buddy Murphy attacks him from behind and we get that match next week and I would really sit on this I think they're doing it too much too quick and I love it the match is going to be awesome it's really the only thing that's making me go you know maybe I should go to Raw next week so I can see that in person I really would have had it to where Buddy Murphy wanted a third chance at Alistair Black because he knows he can beat him and nobody else can but he's denied that so he starts beating other people to get there And he's told, not yet, not yet, not yet. And he finally gets there. Add some depth to his story. Stretch this out a little bit. Alistair Black can run through other people. And then Buddy Murphy can say, well, look, I almost beat him, but he's running through everybody else. Give me my shot. I know I can beat him but they're, they're running it back really quickly. The match is going to rule, Denise, but I, yeah. I I wish they would have sat on this.
1: Yeah, they could have saved it a little bit longer, you know, kept it, you know, kept the. Just give us a reason for, you know, why Buddy, why should we care that Buddy Murphy needs this win? I mean, obviously we cannot say like, oh, well, he needs a win, you know, etc. But for storyline purposes, we definitely do need a reason as to why we should care for or understand Buddy Murphy's perspective and why he actually wants to have a win over him. But it just doesn't it's it. you can tell what they want for this storyline, but it's not actually connecting for this one. And, I, yeah, I was kind of surprised when they announced it for next week. I was like, oh, really? Okay. Well, it just didn't feel special, though.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, it's going to be a good match, as I've stated before. But, ah, man, I feel I just – it could be so much more than just a good match. It could be a good story, too. And they're the type of people – I mean, if you watch Wrestle Kingdom this weekend – you see that the great workers of the world can really tell a story in the ring. A hard strike, a good sell. There are ways to do that. Well,
1: And they both need it too, honestly. like If you're just somebody that's watching, like we need more reasons to care for Alistair Black. We need more reasons to care for Buddy Murphy. Us thinking that they have potential isn't enough Like for certain people. You need to have a why. Why should I care about this guy? And I don't have my why for either right now.
0: Hopefully you guys care about our features that we have coming up on Fightful this week. Of course, my match ratings drop after Raw, after SmackDown. I do uh, early access for those on Fightful Select Tier 2 as we do our other features like the Sean Ross stats pieces that I put up after every pay-per-view. Uh, after every week, we do those. We have an interview with Brandon Cutler of AEW dropping this week. Uh, I have one with, uh, Chris Michaels, as I mentioned, dropping this week. Ring of Honor Shaheem Ali. Have some stuff that is a little bit outside the box, a little lesser known names for you guys. And then I've got like dozens to uncork, uh, over the next few weeks. There's just a lot of really great stuff coming to Fightful.com. Get it early at FightfulSelect.com. Every Monday I do the Backstage Report podcast where I give you all about 20-25 minutes of backstage news, contract updates, injury updates, stats, and we got scoops going all week. If you want a more negative review of Raw and SmackDown, Alex has sour graps on Fightful Select. It's the place to go. YouTube and Google are dicking me around with the, with monetization on this channel. They're trolling me. So please subscribe to Fightful Select. Do us the solid, my friends. But I kind of, I, I want your thoughts on the Mystery Man story. It seemed a little cheesy, but Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe are just so good together. I don't know how I feel about them doing the buddy cop type of thing. Like, okay, partner, let's go check it out. But they're so entertaining that I'm like, ah, whatever. Like, I've watched, I've watched plenty of bad Eddie Murphy movies in my day, but he was so charismatic and funny, I was just like, I don't care that this movie's shit. He's really funny in it.
1: I like it. Honestly, I like it because they both have charisma. It bounces off one another. You know, at one point, you know, Kevin Owens was like, man, like, just tell me who this partner is, who this guy is, who is the mystery guy. And Samoa just kind of being that friend, you know, that friend that plans something and doesn't want to tell you something, you know, and then they go together and, you know, they... It 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 works it works it, per, it works perfectly with yeah. both of them together. And I liked it. I thought it was fun and the way that they did it, and the way that he opened the door for him, Kevin Owens goes in, he has this big smile when he comes out. <laughs> it was funny. It worked. And it was, it I was I wasn't corny. expecting the big show at all.
0: Yeah, it was corny for all the right charming reasons, I thought. Like it wasn't something that was too off-putting to me. I was just like these these dipshits. Like it was it was a very charming to me, I thought. And honestly, I thought it'd be Ricochet at first. Then when they really teased it, I was like, maybe Alistair Black. I didn't think it would be the Big Show. Now, Kevin Owens wanted to know who it was. And the thing that I love was when they tried to close the door back, it almost popped open again and Joe had to pull it. <laughs> that was great. But Big Show is revealed as the third man. This broke my heart because in my stats piece last week, I had to write 2019 was the first year since 93 that Big Show has not had a match and he didn't have one in all of 2019 and they brought him back this week, but good to see him back. I think it's harmless for short runs and stuff. And as long as they don't overdo it, if they do the right story, that's fine. But we got, we want Big Show chance. And that makes me very happy. You have a lot of people that are like, oh, he should have been the next Andre, but... And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Different era. Cable TV every single week. Big Show had to be on the show every week. He's headlined WrestleMania. He's, he's done a lot of great stuff. He's been world champion multiple times. He's worked with Floyd Mayweather at WrestleMania. He's done so many good things. And not only that, he's performed for 25, 26 years. He's main-evented Raw in four different decades. Like, a lot of people are going to naturally compare him to Andre the Giant. But the man could go in the ring, too. Go back and watch some of his stuff with Mark Henry in, like, 2010, 2011, maybe, I think it was. Right before the Daniel Bryan feud, maybe. I thought that was some really good stuff. I thought that was some of their best work. I'm glad to see the big show back, at least as of now, Denise.
1: And I think that one year break did him a lot of favors because he was in there and he was moving perfectly fine. He didn't look like a guy that was like, you know, barely making it, you know, inside the ring. He was moving fine. And I don't know if you noticed this, but in his face, you can tell he was happy to be back. He didn't look like he was dreading it. He actually looked like he was having a good time and enjoying himself out there. So I kind of feel that this 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 was like nice and fresh for him, you know?
0: A lot of people ask me, like, what's the dream interview and all that stuff, and a lot of people will assume, well, Steve Austin, not really. He's got a podcast where he talks about everything. Vince McMahon would be one, The Undertaker would be one, The Rock, and Big Show would be one, even though he does some interviews here and there. That guy has to start a podcast eventually. He's got decades' worth of stuff. He's been there through everything. If WWE wanted to add, like, a podcast I would really listen to, I want to hear stories from the Big Show. He doesn't care who he pisses off. He knows he's pissed off people in the past. I think that it would be be excellent. Uh, I I'm just I'm glad to see him back and I wish he could have got that one match in last year, but last time we saw him was a lot of people are saying 2 years. It's been a little less than that cuz he worked with the bar towards the end of 2018. But it's good to see him. Uh, Owen's gets worked over and Big Show's hot tag happens, but Rollins halts it with a steel chair. We get way too many camera cuts for the AOP beatdown. It is gross. It's like 2017, 2018 level camera cuts. But the show ends with Big Show, no pun intended, Denise, standing tall. (laughs) He knocks out Seth Rollins. And I love that AOP dragged out Seth by his wrists. One wrist each, a knocked out Seth Rollins. They dragged him out. This is an amazing image. Big Show standing tall to end the show.
1: Yeah, this was really fun. I did like that. I liked how the AOP was just like, okay, like, let's go. We're walking back. This is what went down, etc. I thought that closing was really nice. You know, it had to have the big show, you know, be happy and excited and all of that. So that worked out perfectly fine.
0: At like the end of the show, keep in mind, this match ends at like eleven fifty eight, eleven fifty nine. Before 11, when the show goes off the air, they're like, oh, and by the way, next week, these guys face off in a fist fight. And I'm like. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, uh, okay, so I'm not going next week. Or maybe I should because <laughs> it'll be a train wreck. But I'm like, uh, this doesn't make any sense.
1: Like, like why a fist fight? Why? And when, why?
0: And how did you all know that you were going to book a fist fight? You didn't cue up that graphic. I have to put this overlay that you all see up every week. It takes longer than, than the time they allotted to say, fist fight these guys next week. There was, ah, uh, that's dumb and it didn't make a lot of sense, but all in all, I thought a pretty solid raw, Denise. Pretty good raw, I'll say.
1: I think so too. I think it gave us a lot to talk about. I was excited. It gave us some news moving forward for the Royal Rumble. All of that. We got to see Brock back. We got some good matches. Ray Andrade, uh, the, the tag team match was really good too. So either way, like I thought we got a lot of really good stuff on this show.
0: So what do you got going on this week, Denise? Tell the people where they can find you.
1: Oh, man, I had to look at my calendar for a second. Uh, this weekend, I'm excited because I'll be emceeing an event for Amazon and Under Armour, so I'm really, really excited nice. about that. Uh, so I'll be posting about that like on Twitter and Instagram and all of that. Uh, but YouTube.com slash Denise Salcedo, Twitter and Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo.
0: You all can follow me at Sean Ross Sapp. I had somebody say, how do we do Fightful Select? I may have not specified. FightfulSelect.com. It will redirect you to our Patreon page. I don't like to brand it as that because we're going to be moving off of the Patreon platform, but it will always be FightfulSelect.com. Uh, we, we will move that on site, uh, hopefully, uh, early this year is what we're hoping. Q1 maybe, but, uh, we've got a ton of stuff over there. The list of things is along the side of the page. There's plenty there. Uh, we are back Wednesday. The listing your boy is back. Last week we did Listen You Girl, where Denise and I talked about uh, WWE music. The week before that, we had the Collector's Edition of Listen You Boy, where Jimmy Van showed his LJN collection. I showed my DVD collection of WWE, uh, TNA stuff like that. So check those out. But we're back uh, to normal this week. It's going to be a good time. Until next time, guys. Leave a thumbs up. Make sure you guys subscribe. Visit Fightful.com and FightfulWrestling.com. Big thank you. To uh, David Tees, Robert DeFelice, Carlos Toro, and Jeremy Lambert, our news team this weekend. Wrestle Kingdom was a blast. New Year's Dash was a blast. Thank you, guys. We're out.